Good morning. It's Monday morning post Super Bowl, and we got another one, guys. Uh, great night. Not the best of Super Bowls, mind you, but uh, it was a great night in regards to uh, a Boston sports fan out there. So, uh, but what we're going to talk about today is in regards to reality television, in the factor of no, not. Do you watch reality television? What about if you're selected to take your business and become a reality show? Well, let's talk about it because there is a lot of do's and don'ts. And just just from a little bit of experience dealing with these production companies, there are more don'ts than do's. Stay tuned. So, guys, you know, a lot of people, you know, wish one thing sometimes. You know, it's like, oh, that'd be really cool if I could be on television. There's a lot of people out there that would like that, and there's a lot of people out there that don't want that, and that's totally understood on both uh, ways of looking at that. The truth of the matter is, is one of the easiest ways. However, I got to put a big asterisk on that. One of the easiest ways to appear on television these days is going on to a reality show. Okay. But there's a little bit more of a trickier way where really got to throw caution in the wind is if you or your partners are approached by a production company to develop your business into a show. Now, this is where the buyer beware comes in. And a lot of you that are probably listening to this are probably not familiar on how this works. So I want to enlighten you a little bit in regards to how it works because I have a little bit of knowledge on it. And some of you are out there that are listening to this are probably aware of it. The factor of it is this. When producers uh, or production companies or people in development approach you, their primary goal is that they believe which is very flattering, that your business is interesting enough to create a show around it that they can fill in slots on their networks, which is great, right? It's really flattering. It's really cool. It's a, you know I've gotten that call twice, and I'll tell you what I did with it, but the factor of it is, is that um, it's really exciting because it feels like it's a leap, and it is, but I got to tell you this. As far as 90% of the reality shows out there, I would say, do not make it past a first season. Uh, I'd say about 10% do. Uh, maybe get second, third, maybe a fourth season after their show. And then there's the 1% that become a little bit more uber successful. Uh, like the Magnolia people and some of the, some of the uh, companies on, uh, I believe, Bravo or HGTV. You know, those types of shows. So it is not as easy as it appears. The other thing that I want you to be aware of, at least for your first season, there's no money in it. There's pretty much, it's pretty much our nice little marketing campaign. So that's the key thing I want you to know. Um, I'm going to go into segment two and to tell you how it normally works. And uh, so that way it gives you a little bit of an idea. So take your notebooks out. I'll be right back very, very soon. Just uh, listen to the sponsor. So we're back here in segment two. Uh, So the key thing to know is this. If you are approached by a production company, the first thing that you need to do is, unless you already have one, find yourself an entertainment lawyer. Have the production company draw you out a contract and, you know, uh, exactly what they're trying to 
uh, create using your business and what that entails. Uh, you do not want to go into talks with a production company uh, without some sort of representation because you just don't want to get into any kind of trouble. You know, um, the key factor of it is is that the other thing is that you want your uh, business or product or whatever it is completely predicted, trademarked, registered, the whole nine yards before you even go into these talks. Initially, the the key contract that will come about from a production company is that they are going to ask you for permission. It is via contract base. I think, you know, relatively for about like nine months, 12 months uh, that you are giving them permission to shop your idea around to these to these networks. So in other words, a pitch, a pitch deck as they all like to call it. Um, sometimes it requires, you know, a written description. It also sometimes might require a video, um, you know, what they call a sizzle reel, which is kind of like maybe about a three minute, if that, uh, description of what it would look like pretty much. So, you know, I was approached back four years ago for taking cash on and possibly making it into a possible um, uh, show. Kind of, sort of, a game show, kind of, sort of, a docu-series. You know, it, it was really a little bit a combination of both. Um, was working with some amazing people, great people, love them to this day. Um, but it was these, you know, a complete, you know, uh, alteration in regards to what we were doing. Um, and you know, they did shop it around and, um, you know, there were a couple of networks out there, but eventually it, it fell through. Um, it just, it just didn't really work. Um, you know, it happens. That was a little bit more towards a game show type of scenario dealing with one of our wedding-related uh, games that we've had throughout the years. The other production company that came to us was making it more into a doc as far as a, a little bit of kind of like a documentary-style um, show. That's the one I'm going to tell you to be a little bit cautious on, and that's why I'm even making this episode. So initially, the key thing is kind of going back uh, to the beginning of this particular segment is that get legal representation. Make sure that they, you know, your lawyer, which they will obviously, read that contract with a fine-tooth comb, and then ultimately, um, you know, sign off on it. What you want to do initially is this. If you get a network, right, that's extremely exciting. The one thing I will tell you, though, is that you do want to become a co-producer on the product or on the show because, because you still have rights to the show or to the concept. If anyone tells you anything other than that, they are completely wrong because it is your brand. It is your concept, though you might be you know, partnering up with your production company in regards to development, but your name better be on that, those production, uh, as far as your producer credits. If you don't, eh, then you might have a little bit of a problem. So protection 
is vital and you should seek out to have co-producer credits for sure. So that's a key thing I want you to be aware of. Now, in regards to the doc, okay, these are shows that you, you know, look at, there is shows like a game show, kind of like, you know, a survivor, a big brother, that type of stuff. And then there's the doc stories, uh, doc shows that are more, you know, cameras falling around the business owners and, you know, etc. I mean, the list goes on and on, those types of shows that you've seen them a mile, uh, as far as a mile of shows, and they keep on coming out. And some of them are very cookie cutter and very tiresome. Those are the ones I'm going to tell you to really be cautious on. And that's when the second production company came to me and I completely dropped out the moment I heard what they were getting at. The key factor of it is it's television, guys, right? It's it's television. They need ratings. So if you're running a successful business and everything is going smoothly, well, let me tell you, for most of these production companies, it's boring. They need to have a three-act show. In television, it's usually like five. But in, in the essence of films, it's usually three acts. So I'm just going to put it in, in the key factor so you're not confused. Let's just talk about three acts regardless. You have the discovery at the beginning, the conflict in the middle, and the resolution in the end. So the key factor of it is because you need some juice, be it an argument with an employee, a conflict with something that went wrong in your business, uh, a conflict with a client, and then uh, ultimately the happy ending, which is the resolution. Now, in most cases, it's scripted, right? Let's say I get along perfectly with my clients and I get along perfectly with my staff. Why would I want to risk that? You're exploiting these people. So the factor of it is, obviously, these people would write, you know, sign a waiver. For example, I'm going to give you a great example. Let's say I had this group of people and they played my game, right? And they had cameras following them around the whole nine yards. Um, fantastic. They, you know, signed off on it. And uh, they came back after their two-hour experience and had an amazing time. Fantastic. Now, they know in the back of their mind that they signed a waiver that they're going to be on television in whatever, six months from now, nine months from now, a year from now. So they're excited. They're going to tell their friends and family. Now the production company might say, hey, listen, can you do a confessional? Now, a confessional is what? Where you see the show, where cameras are following them around, and eventually you see this one-on-one interview that is kind of sort of narrating the process of that episode. But they might tell you or ask you to fabricate the the uh, experience, let's say, with this particular group and say, oh, man, they were annoying. They were a problem. This lady was this or that. Or my, uh, my employee was just a headache that day. And none of that is true. It's fake, right? But let's say now that group It's nine months down the road. It's a year down the road. And they eventually watch the show. And they say, holy bleep, 
These guys just threw us under the bus. So let me ask you one thing, folks, that you guys are listening. Is it worth it? Would you rather have people be subjected to a ratings ploy, what I like to call it? And do you want to get bad reviews on your business? No. Let's call it for what it is. Let's go back to the first segment. 90% of these shows pass one season. 90. So let's say your show is not that good. And with that being said, you're off one season and you've pissed off a few people. The show might be done. So would you rather face bad reviews just for the factor of just, you know, being on television? Because your business is going to stay. If the show ends, it ends. So that's something that you have to consider. So be very cautious. Do your research. You know, go online. Look at the reality, you know, business, how it works. And be logical. It's not really worth your time to exploit your customer base and your business and your staff because you're looking for the macro, not for the quick buck. And let me just tell you one thing, guys. There's really no money in it on the first season. No money in the first season. The only thing it's good for is a marketing tool. That's it. Where does the money come in if you do get picked up, you know, as far as a multiple season? So that's another thing to keep in mind. We're going to go into our last segment, uh, and I'm just going to tell you how you can create your own reality show and be real. Stay tuned. So we talked about in our first segment in regards to how it sort of works as far as being approached by the production companies out there and possibly taking your business and, you know, bringing it into a show-based series on a network. And then the second episode, the second segment pretty much talked about kind of a little bit what I like to call the buyer beware of actually what does transpire when it comes to um, being approached by a development team or a production company um, and how to protect yourself. Here in the third and last segment, we're going to talk about how to create your own reality in in a very positive sense without being subjected to anything because you're in complete control. The key thing to that, guys, if you want, start your own YouTube channel. Period. End of story. If you have the patience of creating the content, if you have the patience of editing, then it would be a great tool in regards to marketing your product. It is a more realistic view of how you perceive your business, your line of work, and the message that you are trying to get across to your viewers. Keep in mind, it is a long haul. There is really no money in it if that's what you're doing it for. There are, look at, there are those successful YouTubers out there. Guys, I'm going to put them in the, in really one to five percent. One to five. And the factor, and the factor of that is, is because there are just so many YouTube channels that come out each and every day, just as there are multitudes of podcasts and blogs, and go down the list. The factor of it is, is when if you do want to create your own channel, you have to be disciplined. 
You have to be persistent, a lot like how I was talking about the last episode about podcasts. You have to market it well. And you have to put it in the right platforms to push it in the factor of blogs, in the factor of podcasts, in factor of LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. The list goes down and down and down. Because keep in mind, there's, you know, every day there is a new platform that's being introduced, and there's no reason why your name shouldn't be on that platform or your business. Pick up your, your uh, entrepreneur magazine. Pick up your Inc. magazine. Pick up your Fast Company magazine. I say this over and over again. It is relative with what is going on today. To my students out there that are attending college, I'm going to ask you one key thing. When you open up your textbook, what was the year of the publication of that marketing book? Of that management book? I'm going to tell you right now, it's not 2019, unless you're completely lucky. That book might have been written in 2018. It's old. 2017, ooh, it's really old. How about now 2005? It's completely not relative. You got to pick up these magazines. You have to self-educate. You have to read what's going on on the internet and if you are planning on doing a YouTube channel and doing it right and having a camera follow you or you just want to do your own little, you know, camera, you know, you know, uh, camera point of view, just you and, uh, and the camera doing kind of like a confessional in, in, in a positive sense, um, that really does not need any uh, really that much editing, then go ahead. Keep in mind, though, don't be self-indulgent in the, in the videos. Get what you think your audience will find uh, interesting. A self-indulgent video gets tiresome. It is no different than going to a cocktail party and sitting there and listening to a young lady or a young gentleman talk about themselves for three hours. Okay? Be smart. Listen to your audience. See what the questions are that are, that they're asking you and then respond to them. You're not going to get a bunch of subscribers within even the first 20 episodes. You might. I don't see it, but you might. You have to be disciplined. That list will grow. So guys, that's it for today. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Hopefully you took some notes down. Uh, Again, self-educate yourself in regards to how that entertainment business works. Everything especially in that industry, sounds extremely sexy and attractive. But trust me, it really comes with a lot of cautionary tales with it. Guys, thank you so much. Have a great Monday. I'll talk to you soon.